Hello and welcome to Cosmos Science Daily, where journalists at the Cosmos Newsroom report on the latest research and discoveries and explain the science behind the headline news. Today's newsroom journalist and science graduate specialising in genetics, immunology and citizen science, Emma Perfetto, is telling us about hacking driverless cars. And I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto, applied mathematician, fluid mechanist, and keen pedestrian. So Emma, let's start at the very beginning. I think I know what a driverless car is. It's a car that drives without a person, but do you want to give us some real background? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got it down pat pretty much. They're also known as autonomous vehicles, maybe self-driving cars as well, lots Mm -hmm. of names. Um, And they're pretty much vehicles that are capable of sensing their environment, moving safely, uh, but doing that without you know, any or just very little human input. Um, You know, the extent to which they're autonomous sort of is on a sliding scale, uh, which can be categorised in about six levels from zero, which is no automation at all, up to five, which is steering wheel optional. (laughs) So no human intervention is required ever at all. You could have a car without a steering wheel and it would function perfectly. But you know, vehicles from level three and above are only really like a very small portion of the market. Right. So I, the fact that there's no steering wheel as an option is slightly terrifying. But I didn't even realise any of these things are in the market. So we don't really see these in Australia, do we? No, not really. Currently, our laws don't like support their use in public roads. There are trials happening, which are approved by the government. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's about the extent of it. I mean, that does make me feel safer, though. I like the idea that we're trialling these things first before they can use public roads. Now, I'm going to use one data point that I have to make a uh, strong conjecture, but I have a friend who used to work in this area in, in his PhD, and that was quite a few years ago, and I feel like I haven't heard much about it since. Like, is, is it just taking longer to make progress in this particular area? Yeah, yeah. So like five or six years ago, it was anticipated that they'd be like much more widespread now than they are. Um, But they've been like a lot more roadblocks than would be expected. Mm -hmm. Um, So for instance, in 2017, Volvo discovered that while they were testing driverless cars in Australia, that their large animal detection software wasn't really up to scratch because they'd first tested it on moose in Sweden Um, But it didn't really work for the really unusual way that kangaroos move. Sure. Um, So a kangaroo in mid-flight in the air looked like it was further away and then it landed, it looked like it was closer because the cars would use the ground as a reference point uh, when sort of calculating that sort of stuff. Um, So it couldn't determine where it was. Which sounds like a huge problem. (laughs) A huge problem. Well, there are so many kangaroo and car collisions in Australia. So imagine trying to implement driverless cars that couldn't tell if a kangaroo was there or not. It sounds like a terrible idea. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Really bad. Um, Another obstacle was identified in this study that I'm going to be talking about, Mm -hmm. which found that these sensors uh, can be tricked also by lasers. Okay. So that sounds, I feel like lasers are more common in a lot of cities than kangaroos might be. Mm -hmm. What what is the problem with lasers? How can you trick a driverless car with a laser? Yeah, so 
When they're sensing the world around them, driverless cars need to make sure what they're seeing is correct. Mm -hmm. Um, And they usually do this by using two different instruments and then checking the data from each of them against each other to make sure their measurements make sense. Sure. Um, Most commonly, they combine 2D data from just normal cameras Mm -hmm. with 3D data from what's known as LiDAR. Okay, so I have heard of LiDAR before, but a long time ago, and I remember close to nothing about it. So can you just tell us? I can explain. I can explain. Perfect. (laughs) So it stands for light detection and ranging, um, and it uses pulses of laser light to measure distance ranges. So um, the distance to an object from the car can be calculated by um, targeting it with a laser, Mm -hmm. measuring the time taken for the reflected light to return back to the car. So, so far, this uh, method has been really successful against attempts to trick it. Um, And this is because if the measurements from these two instruments are like wildly out of whack with each other, the system can tell that there is something wrong going on. Yeah, okay. So they're like, this doesn't this doesn't add up in the way that it normally does. And so we know that there's a problem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what have researchers done to overcome? So it's like, okay, they've identified the problem. Like how does this attack work and, and how do we um how do we deal with this? Yeah. So by shooting a laser gun into the driverless car's LIDAR sensors, you can add false LIDAR data points to what it's seeing. Sure. And if you carefully place this laser either just a little bit ahead or a little bit behind where an object actually is, it can confuse the systems because it's like it's close enough to what the 2D camera is seeing, right. but it's not exactly right. So you're getting like a, bit, a little bit of variation, but it's close yeah. enough that it just kind of throws stuff And off. you don't want any variation when you're working no. with a self-driving car exactly. it needs to be very safe agreed this attack can fool adaptive cruise control into thinking that a vehicle is going slower or speeding up when it mm-hmm. isn't um and this is bad because by the time the system figures out that something wrong is happening it's either too late to avoid a collision sure. or it'll have to implement some really wacky evasive maneuvers that could cause even more problems right and we, and we don't want to teach the driverless cars how to swerve out of the no, way of things right yeah it might swerve into you the pedestrian exactly um, so i'm just i'm just curious about these lasers because it sounds like they need to be pretty strategically placed in order to sort of confuse these lidar systems I mean, how much of a problem is this going to be do we have lots of jerks who just like to hang around and point lasers to confuse driverless cars Yeah, I mean, with the time taken to set all this up and the precision of it, you know, there isn't really much risk of this happening, you know, on a roadside object for someone just driving around suburbia. But when you think of military applications, this risk really makes more sense. Mm, Okay. So there are autonomous military vehicles being designed to go places too dangerous for human soldiers, you know, for instance, in supply convoys or scouting missions and stuff. And they provide a much higher value target that someone would bother to set up all of this. And for instance, if hackers would find a way of creating these false data points virtually instead of having to use a laser, many vehicles could be attacked at once. Okay, that does sound like like a pretty significant issue then. So it's not just weirdos sitting out with lasers. There's actually, this could have huge implications. So I guess then the next question is how, I mean, I've obviously thought about this. How can we go about protecting against these kinds of attacks? Yeah, um, even if the risk isn't massive, you don't want this loophole to just be Truth. sitting there in, in the sensors. Um, yeah. So 
they the researchers have had a couple of ideas going forward. So, for example, if cars had what are known as stereo cameras, um, which is a type of camera with like two or more lenses mm-hmm. uh, that are able to capture 3D images, um, if you had those mounted on a car and had overlapping fields of view, they would be able to better estimate distances than the 2D cameras. Okay. Um, and you could assess the LiDAR data against that more accurately. Sure. Okay. But this would take a lot more research to do because there isn't currently any software that can do this yet. Right. Okay. <laughs> so this so is just a, this is just like an, an idea. That's a future, yeah, future problem to solve. Exactly. And then another option is to develop systems that could enable c- cars that are in close proximity to each other to sort of share some of their data with each other. Okay. So with the physical attacks using lasers, they're not likely to be able to affect lots of different cars at one time. Mm-hmm. So you could check against, you know, a car next to you, what they're seeing, whether what you are is correct. Yeah. And in the case of like a cyber attack, it's not likely that all of the cars in an area are going to be the same um like use the same operating system they might be different brands sure and so a cyber attack isn't going to be able to hit all of them at once okay cool so it's about sort of sharing data from attacked and non-attacked cars to kind of work out you know on average what's going on with these cars on the road yeah so that's another idea but i imagine that there's a lot of issues going into that with privacy and security and and security and data and yeah well okay this has been amazing I one I didn't even know that um we sort of had been thinking about these things in terms of driverless cars or even that you could hack them so that was great thank you so much Emma um and thank you everyone for listening at home make sure to keep an ear out for our next installment of Cosmos Science Daily this podcast was brought to you by Cosmos a publication of the Royal Institution of Australia 